I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for joining us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the sport of kings. If you're an NCAA fan, you're probably watching X and Pitt, and X is winning 23-19, just to give you a little little heads up there, so you can tune in and listen up, and you can watch the game at the same time. Each week, the Triple Crown is starting to come into focus, and this week should provide a much better glimpse with the Florida Derby, and not Al-Sheba, the Godolphin Mile, the UAE Derby, the Golden Shaheen, Dubai Duty Free, Dubai Shima, and Dubai World Cup. I'm telling you what, Dubai is the place to be. They race at night hotter than all get out. I'm telling you, they do not wager, but you can wager at your OTBs online or your local track. And there's some great value to be had. And there's some great riders. The horses are stupendous. Home of the richest horse race in the world. So you're going to want to capture that on, if not uh, TiVo, you'll want to catch it live. Gulfstream Park, Florida Derby on the shelf as well this Saturday. What is happening tonight? Recap of last week's races. Biggins, you got it. Biggins. They're back, and they're always ready to roll. And, man, do I have a little tidbit for you. Upcoming here shortly. News in the great world of racing. Upcoming races for the week. This week's special guest, Hall of Fame rider, Mr. Chris McCarron, is going to join us here on Winnie Ponies. Dangerous Dan in his weekend plan. Final furlong handicapping for the weekend with yours truly. We're going to see if we can poke out some winners, and I think we will be able to. Great weekend of racing on tap. Before we get started, you know, recap, I want to read you a little something here really, really quick from the Pollock Report. This is something you're going to want to take a look at, the www.thepollockreport.com. Incredible stuff by Ray Pollock. It says, Waldrop and the NTRA, an army of one. Alex Waldrop is a good soldier who reminds me of Hiro Onada, the World War II legend in 1944, was sent to Lubang Island in the Philippines and told by his Japanese superiors to wage guerrilla warfare against the Allied forces and never to give up. Along with a few others who survived the 1945 invasion by American soldiers, Onada conducted operations from a base in the mountains on the island, even after leaflets were dropped saying the war was over. Letters from loved ones begged Onada to come home, but, but he held out. It wasn't until his one-time commanding officer flew to Lubang in 1974 that he finally gave up the fight. And they're alluding back to Alex Waldrop of the NTRA. I kind of thought that was story of the week with a little tongue-in-cheek. Ray Pollock, and you're going to have to check out the Pollock Report. He's not slamming him down, but he's, uh, he's actually telling it the way it is. And it is a tough island to live on, that I will say. And 
Alex Waldrop doesn't have the easiest job out there. Recap and racing. Last week, hold me back, Idol, since being soundly beaten in the Remsen Stakes last November at Aqueduct, rallied boldly on the far outside to win Saturday's $500,000 lanes in at Turfway Park and abruptly has entered the Kentucky Derby picture. Surprise. Hold me back, Kentucky bred son of Giants Causeway Ren Presley from far back in the 12-horse field under Kent DeSormo. I like to call him Kent DeSormex. He got through horses late in the stretch and quickened down the lane to win by a length and three quarters. Flying private was second, proceed B third, both at long odds. Hold me back went to post at odds of nine to one in a field devoid of prominent triple crown contenders. Trained by Bill Moffer, Windstar Farm, Windstar Farm. Connections to the Cawthon clan, and that will be our next week's guest, one Mr. Steve Cawthon. You talk about Hall of Fame City. Tonight, Mr. Chris McCarron. Next week, Steve Cawthon. Trained by Bill Mott for Windstar Farm, Hold Me Back won his first two starts last year at Arlington and Keeneland and was trounced in the Remsen. Don't you know to throw one out? It could have been a bummer. The Derby is definitely our plan, says Windstar Vice President Elliot Walden. Great trainer in his own right. We'll let the horse and Bill tell us if it's the right place. Our goal is the Derby every year. We're going to let Bill make the call. Congratulations, hold me back. Very nice run at Turfway Park and Lane's Inn. Elsewhere, Mafaz, owned by Sheik Hamdan, earned an automatic place in the Kentucky Derby, starting eight by holding off closers to win Wednesday's Kentucky Derby Challenge Stakes at Kempton Park in England. And he did run very credibly. Hopes to start in the Toyota Bluegrass at Keeneland, according to trainer John Gaston. We'll be looking for him there. Cliffy's Future rallied from last to upset Saturday's $100,000 rush away at Turfway Park, winning by two and a half lengths over Zigfield and Tocket Rocket in third. Tocket Rocket loves to finish third. Cliffy's Future, a son of the Cliff's Edge, got a mile and a sixteenth on the weather surface and one forty-four and one. Jesus Casson had the mount for trainer. And I'm telling you what, Cliffy's Future came from out of the clouds. I didn't even see him. And, he, and I mean, he just really made an Arazi-like move. St. John's Gospel got right to the lead. And Saturday's $50,000 private term stakes at Laurel in Maryland. Kentucky Oaks preps. Hot cha-cha. Circled the field heading in the stretch in Saturday's $150,000 Bourbonette Oaks at Turfway Park. Impressive run indeed, I have to say. Very impressed with hot cha-cha. Something you're not going to want to forget. Aqueduct, Secret Gypsy Battle, Zada Bell for the lead in the Saturday's $150,000 distaff inherited the lead when Zada Bell broke down at the half mile and went on to win by length and a quarter over Distorted Passion. Congratulations, because that's a Secret Gypsy. Hate to hear that about Zada Bell, but it does happen. Hopefully is uh, a condition that uh, we, we can overcome. Turfway Park, Turf East, took well to the poly track in Saturday's $50,000 Hansel Stakes for three-year-olds, taking the earlier lead and coasting home a one-length winner over the favorite King Puma. He ain't right was third Turf East, a Kentucky-bred colt by military, got the six furlongs on the all-weather track in 110 flat with Julian Le Peru in the irons. Nice day last week at Turfway Park. It was their big week. They really looked well for it, and they did well with it. 
Across the board, I like this. Steve Davidowitz. I love this guy's writing. A couple of things I want you to notice here, and I only highlighted them because this is for you. Among the fastest of the five in the Derby picture, I Want Revenge, Quality Road, Friesian Fire, The Pamplemousse, and Old Fashioned, all of whom already have run as fast or faster than the leading contenders who challenged Bing Brown in the 2008 Kentucky Derby. Two of them, I Want Revenge and Quality Road, actually have run faster than Big Brown ever ran in his entire career. That said, Steve Davidowitz says, I don't believe I Want Revenge or Quality Road is likely to win the Kentucky Derby. I also don't believe the three fastest three-year-olds deserve any kind of edge six weeks out. He's hedging his bets, and he's waiting to the last minute. Let's talk about some biggins, and we're going to go to Friday, March 20th, 81 total in the Irons. Hawthorne was the winner. Race of 6 through 9, a pick 4, 19,188.60. Not bad, 81 pickings. My goodness. Then we go on to Saturday, March 21st, 131 biggins. Topping the field with Santa Anita. Race number 6, a Superfecta Key. $32,500.80. Also, on this day, I have to make mention of this because it's on Winning Pony's site. And if you are getting their newsletter, it's really incredible. When Willie wins, and we gave him to you in the Rebel Stakes on that day, when Willie pays $115.60 to win, and they picked him ahead of two to five favorite old fashioned. If you don't believe it, you can go back and check the archives. Nope, they're not doctored. Nope, they're not changed. They are stuck in iron. And you would have collected a $320.40 exacta. They also had the dollar pick three, which paid a huge $3,034.40. Win Willie. They offered $3 million when Willie declined. I think I might have rethought that one a little bit, but hey, Win Willie, I think, uh, I think they know what they're doing. And, uh, I definitely am. I'm definitely on the outside out. When Willie Cyrus Menarcos, he won the Kentucky Derby in 2001. And uh, it's the second fastest time ever in the Derby. So who knows? The way he ran down old-fashioned, we might have a real sweet thing there. Sunday, March 22nd, 74 total biggins. Topping today, Sunland Park, race number five. Superfecta key, 3,191 even. Then we go into March 23rd, 35 total biggins. Topping today, Will Rogers Downs, my favorite place. Race number nine, Superfecta, 9,929.20. Then we're going to Tuesday, March 24th, 37 total biggins. Turf Paradise was the winner on this day. Race number seven, a Superfecta key, 2,879 even. And then we go to Wednesday, March 25th, 64 total biggins. Charlestown, race number seven, a Superbox. 11,668.80. Also, Golden Gate race number five, a Superfecta, $9,900 in change. Incredible day there. And then we go into Thursday, March 26th, 26 total biggins. Capping the class is Hawthorne race number eight. And that would be a Superfecta, $6,995.80. Not a bad day's work at the office. Real quickly, what's happening out there in the great wide world of racing? Dunkirk and Quality Road post sharp drills, likely two favorites this week. No stopping, holding me back. I made mention, incredible run in the lanes end. Kenta Sormo, great job at the irons. If you're a Beethoven fan, 
slight injury. Beethoven's out of the Derby, out of the Florida Derby. Trust me, John Oxley, the owner, will have him coming back. Also, times are tough all over. Keeneland's Race loses a sponsor, Lane's End, after 12 years of sponsoring the Breeders' Futurity Stakes at Keeneland, is not going to support the $500,000 event. But still, it holds sway at Turfway Park. In the $500,000 event there, it still remains the Lane's End. It's more of an event. Well, it is time to head to our first break. When we return, we're going to be talking to horses. We're going to be talking to our special guest of the week, he won the only Hall of Fame rider, one Chris McCarron. So stay tuned for more Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Duty, freedom, country, family. They're the values that make America strong and what our armed forces are fighting to defend. While many talk about these ideals without action, they are just empty words. If you think America's military families deserve more, log on to thanksusa.org. It's a great way to thank our troops and give military families the gift of education. Thanksusa.org. Scholarships for America's military families. You can make a difference. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. I'm here each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, depending on which coast you call home. It is during this segment that we have our special guest of the week, and Winning Ponies is honored to have on Hall of Fame rider, Eclipse Award winner. Wow, the resume is big. First rider to surpass the $200 million career earnings mark, became the all-time career earnings leader in 2000, hitting the $240 million mark. Winning Ponies is honored to have on Mr. Chris McCarron. I had to take a deep breath there, and I hope I didn't miss anything. I'm sure there's more, more than I have to maybe turn that to page three now, but it's quite a daunting uh, resume, my friend. Oh, I've accomplished a lot more than what you just touched on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are right. I, I, I only kind of capped out a few of the highlights. You, you got me there. I had the pleasure and the honor of meeting you at River Downs 
and you were actually you were actually on horseback again. Uh, tell us about your uh, your trip back on horseback. Oh, it was a blast. Uh, it, it really was uh, a lot of fun. I mean, it, the, the whole event was just really exciting. You know, when, when it's in your blood, it's in your blood to stay. And um, when it's it's difficult to come to the point where you got to say you're gonna you're gonna retire when you're so passionate about something. But you know, I knew when I did that, it was the right decision. But getting back in the saddle again was an absolute blast. It, I could tell you were you were a little nervous, and I think you were really excited taking one of your students to the gate, and uh, I could see it in your face. Oh, without question. I mean, it, it, you know, I, I was originally planning to ride in the race, <laughs> and then, um, but I only had eight horses for the race, and one of my students um, was really disappointed that I told her that she wasn't ready to ride. And so we had a little heart-to-heart, and I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give up my mount, and I'll do one better. I'll take you over to the post and make sure you're comfortable and everything. And um, it, it was just, it was a blast. And Turfway did a really nice job putting on the show for us, and and uh, the whole the whole event was just a lot of fun. Well, we, we were truly honored to have you over at the river. I mean, the, the crowd lined up to, to have autographs, pictures. I mean, Chris, if you think they've forgotten you, you are wrong. If you wouldn't mind just enlightening our listeners a little bit, uh, uh, and as you already corrected me once, could you give us a little bio about Chris McCarron? Ah, okay. Well, I've got three beautiful daughters. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Erin is married. She's 30 years of age. Stephanie is 29, and Kristen is 26, and uh, been married for about 35 years. And uh, it's, uh, you know... I've had a wonderful riding career. I, I can't complain about anything. I have no regrets. Um, maybe one. I wish I had ridden at one point uh, Royal Ascot. But um, uh, I've, I've been to Dubai. I've been to Japan. I mean, I, my career brought me a lot of joy, a lot of pleasure, Ed. And um, just, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I get speechless when I start thinking about the different things I was able to do, and riding riding a lot of fast horses for a lot of wonderful people was was a real big part of it. Now, you had made mention about uh, going to Dubai and such. Were you a little uh, little on the uh, the resentful side in a good way that you didn't get to uh, make the trip over like Gary Stevens did? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, anytime um, somebody accomplishes something that you were not able to you have to have you have to feel a little bit of envy even though my parents taught me a long time ago jealousy and envy is not a good thing you're not supposed to feel that you're not you're not supposed to uh, aspire to, to those feelings but uh nonetheless you can't help it when when you're as competitive as I tried to be when I was riding um I always wanted to shoot for the moon and um Gary did a did, just did a wonderful job over there riding silver charm and some of the other horses that uh, he was fortunate enough to ride uh, the, but, the reason I brought that name up, and, and it kind of goes into the next question, was there was a movie by the name of Seabiscuit that you were you were more than just uh, just a participant in, and that's the reason I brought up Gary Stevens' name. And could you tell us a little bit about the whole Seabiscuit uh, uh, time in your life? That was an incredible experience to be able to witness firsthand somebody as smart as Gary Ross, who wrote and directed the film, being able to reduce his thoughts to paper. He came up, he, he contacted Laura Hillenbrand before she even completed the novel, uh, not the novel, but the book, Seabiscuit. She, he contact, 
contacted her before she finished it and bought the rights to the book, knowing that it would make a great film. And so when he brought me into the picture and hired us to um, help him with designing races and stuff, it was just a blessing for me because I got to watch Gary Ross in action telling people, 200 people on the set every day, what to do to be able to get his vision, his ideas, up onto the big, beautiful silver screen. And to watch that whole process unfold over a 10-month period was an, an experience I'll never forget. It was just amazing. And working with Gary and, and uh, Gary Stevens and Toby McGuire and Elizabeth Banks and Jeff Bridges and uh, Bill Macy, and it was just absolutely a blast. Now, in the movie, you were Charlie Kurtzinger, and you rode a little pony by the name of War Admiral, and that which was uh, spectacular, and it still gives me it gives me uh, goosebumps when I when I still actually go back and I have fast forwarded the, to that part of the movie at least a dozen times. It had to be a whole lot of fun just recreating with the with the uh, the style of the time and how everyone was in garb, and, and it just seemed like there was a lot of energy there. There was, and the only I don't know if too many people really noticed it or not. I think you'd have to be a little long in the tooth, as we say on the track, uh, to be able to um, uh, recognize some of the some of the um, uh, mistakes or some of the some of the non non factual things. For instance, back then uh, the jockeys rode without hard hats. They rode without helmets. They only had uh, like uh, plastic, not plastic, but cardboard. Uh, helmets that ha- were just able to hold the owner's colors on top of the uh, on top of that hat. They didn't wear those hard helmets that we wear today, the safety helmets. And so when I was first um, introduced to this, and they broached the topic of these kids riding out there, all these jockeys riding out there without helmets, I said, "No, it ain't going to happen. There's no way. It's <laughs> it's just it's just way too dangerous." And so, but we actually had several riders that were on the set that volunteered to go ahead and ride some horses in the workout. For instance, when they were working out Seabiscuit, um, pardon me, at War Admiral, and Jeff Bridges and um, Toby McGuire and, um, shoot, uh, who played Tom Smith? Who played Tom Smith? You know what? I can still see him as plain as day, and he played oh, him. I'm so embarrassed. I should know. The guy was a super nice guy. Chris. 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 Uh, he was in American Beauty, I believe. Yeah, exactly. So, uh-huh. anyhow, they're they're up there in the bushes and they're watching this workout on the track. And Alan Patterson, who uh, used to ride around uh, Maryland and Delaware and out in California, he came around the turn, breezing this horse with nothing but uh, a soft hat on a scally cap. And I was a nervous wreck that something might go wrong. And anyhow, it was uh, very very exciting, and it was great to be able to experience uh, a movie production in the making. I have to tell you. I am 42 years old, and when I still see it, I, I get a tear in the corner of my eye, especially when they go back and you hear the silence and you hear nothing but the bell in the movie. It was, it was a movie for the ages. Actually, putting it to bed with Laura Hillenbrand on April 8, 2001, Seabiscuit American Legend took over the top spot on the New York Times bestseller list for nonfiction. That was April 8, 2001. So that's been a few years ago, but... Uh, you know what? I, I still have two copies, one at work, one at home, and I'll pass it on to my son. Chris, I have to ask you a very, very hard question with possibly one of the most impressive resumes in writing. Can you name for us a couple of your favorite runners personally? Oh, that's easy. Ali Sheba, John Henry, 
Precisionist, Flawlessly, Passiana, uh, Tisnow. Uh, you want me to go on? <laughs> <laughs> you, it seems like you could go on, but please do. Yeah, but I had to stop you with Ali Shiva because on my on my bar of fame, I have Ali Shiva breaking breaking his maiden in Turfway Park, I believe, under Don Brumfield, and uh, in all alone there. And I I don't believe you you were you were aboard on the maiden break, correct? No, that's correct. Uh, Don rode him in 1986 at Turfway, and he won by about 10 lengths. And I remember his agent, Donnie Richardson, who is now the vice president at Churchill Downs, asked, uh, asked Brumfield when he came back after the race, he says, wow, that, that coat was impressive, huh? So Brumfield says, ah, he's just a horse. <laughs> <laughs> he's but, about as tough as they come, though, uh, Don Brumfield. I, I have to ask you, when you're coming down the lane uh, with Ali Sheba, were you a little bit nervous about the eighth pole? Yeah, I got a little excited there. I thought he was going to fall. And fortunately, he was such a great athlete, he was able to right himself and get up and just keep on going to the wire and, and run by bet twice. But that uh, that was a, a pretty scary moment. I didn't know it at the time because my adrenaline was pumping and all I could think of was just there was, there's one horse left to get by. Just get by bet twice and we're going to get the roses. So I didn't really think about falling, but when I saw the replay after the race with Jim McKay, that's when I realized how serious it could have been because there were 16 horses behind us. I looked over and I saw Craig Perrett. I can still see those orange and white. I know that you can see them as vivid as day. Go for Jen in 94, Ali Sheba in 97. What is it like for a rider to make your way through the tunnel to hear my old Kentucky home underneath the Twin Spires? It's very emotional, incredibly emotional. Um, I will say this, though. If you're, if you're deep in the field, if you're like 17, 18, 19, it takes so long for the horses to walk through the tunnel, and they start playing that song as soon as the first two horses walk on the track. <laughs> By the time 18, 19, and 20 get out there, it's like almost over, you know? So it's, it's not quite as emotional for the, the last few guys in the post parade as it is for the first few. The only, the only way I can tell you is on TV, it's like watching boxers climb into a ring when you see the riders up and, and they have that stoic look on their face. They look ready to take on anything and everything. Practically, you are. But Derby Fever is starting to heat up. And as an on-air talent, a man that has contributed to the game, TVG, what would be your mount for this year? What would you like to choose? Oh, boy. I tell you what. Um, sitting on the sidelines is a lot more difficult than, uh, than when you're actually out there and, and being able to throw a leg over one of these Colts' backs. Um, I think that the top contenders at this point based on what they've done, not on what their potential is. For instance, Dunkirk is awful, awful uh, highly touted and everything, but I just don't know if he's, if he's ready for this because he's only started twice, but uh, he's got a lot of talent, but he's, it's mostly, mostly potential. Um, I would say I like old-fashioned. I think that uh, although I'm disappointed that Ramon Dominguez lost the mount on him for the Arkansas Derby, I do think that he rode... Uh, uh, he misjudged the, the pace in the Rebel, and I think that he let the Colt run on too much down the backside and consequently got tired. I, I like old-fashioned. I like the Pomplemousse out in California. Uh, Pioneer of the Nile was very impressive in his last race as well. Um, I Want Revenge was very impressive in New York, and so was Quality Road down in Gulfstream. So uh, those, I, I think, I think the obvious ones are are true... Contenders, and if I had, if 
you were to put a gun to my head, I might take Frisian fire. <laughs> well, as as well as he ran, I, I think they would. I think uh, the connection of Frisian fire would be honored to have Chris McCarron aboard. But the way that he he ran with Gabe Saz on uh, in the uh, in the on the off conditions down at uh, Louisiana, it, it has to lead you to think that there's bigger and better things. I heard you talk about the pamplemousse. I often wonder about the uh, the synthetic revolution, and uh, you know, there's not going to be any synthetic uh, surface down at Churchill Downs, which leads me back to I want revenge and the way young Joe Talamo just hit another gear. I was so impressed with that race. I was too. I mean, that was a very very impressive performance, and uh, I, I like the fact that uh, Jeff Mullen sent him back to New York to get a feel for the sand and get off, get off the synthetics. I'm not a I'm not a, an opponent of the synthetics, but I do know that horses like certain surfaces, and when a horse demonstrates that he likes running on dirt the way he did, um, as opposed to uh, running on the synthetics, and the the colt that won the Lanes End the other day for Billy Mott, um, Billy stressed strongly after the race that he's a syn- synthetic track horse. So there's there's a lot to that. So uh, I think I'd have to lean towards the horses that. Uh, have had an opportunity to run over the dirt, over the the regular sand, uh, old-fashioned, freezing fire, I want revenge, quality road, those types. Uh, I think they have a, a little bit of an advantage. I, I definitely agree. Just from a uh, from a uh, player's perspective, and listening to Mr. McCarron, I, I'm going to follow suit right there, and and uh, and I, I'd be going against your uh, your TVG talent to uh, to even even argue the point. I have to ask you another toughie. Competing with some of the best riders in the game, who are some of the riders you would not want to be behind or trying to chase down or maybe even be trapped in on the rail? Uh, the riders riding today or the ones I rode against uh, today? The ones now. you rode against today, any of the above. Uh, well, Lafitte and Shu um, were just, I mean, they, they. I think they stand out. They were just incredible uh, athletes and very very difficult to get by, uh, hard to outthink as well. Uh, Eddie Delahousie, Gary Stevens, um, I you know it. The list can go on, but today I would say of the young riders that are out there uh, doing incredibly well, Ramon Dominguez, Edgar Prado, uh, Alex Solis. Not he's not that young anymore. He's forty five, but <laughs> we won't we won't tell him. He's still <laughs> an outstanding race rider. Garrett Gomez has just been on fire the last three or four years, uh, Johnny Velasquez, uh, all these guys are world-class riders. And, and I think if you just threw them all in a, in a hat and picked one out, you'd have to be thrilled to have one of them throw a leg over your horse in the Kentucky Derby. Oh, I, I agree completely. And, and one to add to your, your lengthy list is Rafael Bejarano, the way he's, uh, he's, he struck it uh, very well out in California. And he actually started in Little Ohio River Downs, made his way to Kentucky, and uh, he's doing pretty well out there. And uh, in in the in the big Golden State, Raphael is very impressive. He's a fine young man. He's very very congenial. Uh, he's a student of the game. He sets the race up very very well. He knows how to ride uh, strategically, and horses just naturally run for him. He's a he's a fine fine young rider. In 1987, you teamed up with actor comedian Tim Conway to establish the Don McBeth Memorial Fund in '91. Tell us about this and how we can contribute. The Don McBeth Fund was founded uh, to help uh, injured and permanently disabled uh, riders. Um, one of the mis- 
misconceptions out there is that jockeys make a lot of money. Well, some of us did and some of us do. But uh, the real truth of the matter is most jockeys around the country really struggle. And when they get hurt, when they're injured and they can't work, they don't get paid. We, we don't have contracts like other athletes do. So uh, we're kind of like golfers and tennis players. We're independent contractors. And when we're not able to play our trade, we're not able to make that living and support our families. So yeah, we, my wife and I, Judy, Judy and I, uh, along with Tim Conway, thought it was imperative that we uh, try to start something. It was really Tim's idea. He wanted to donate some money to an engine jockeys fund. At the time, there was no such thing in place. And so we felt compelled to go ahead and start one. And the reason we named it the Don Macbeth Fund was because Don was the vice president of the Jockeys Guild back in 1986. And I brought this idea to the board of the guild at the time, and there wasn't enough action uh, going on. There wasn't uh, enough forward movement with it. And Don came out to Santa Anita in February of 1987 to accept the George Wolfe Memorial Award, and he was dying of cancer at the time. And he encouraged Judy and me to really get this thing going, and Don passed away a week later. So my wife Judy, who is the president of the organization, felt compelled to name it in Don's memory. And uh, since 1987, we've raised uh, over $3 million and helped oh, about 1,800 jockeys and their families uh, through very difficult times, both financially and emotionally. And it's, uh, it's been very well received, and uh, our good buddy Tony DeFranco and his wife Phyllis run the organization out in California, and they do a, an absolutely fine job. Chris, you're the seventh rider in history to be in the prestigious 7,000 Win Club. Levi Pinkai, Bill Shoemaker, Pat Day, Russ Bays, Angel Cordero, David Gall. Did you ever think a kid from Massachusetts would make it this far? Well, I never thought about the Massachusetts part, but I never thought I'd make it that far. That's for <laughs> sure. I never really, uh, you know, I became more competitive as I as I went on. I started out with uh, with a very good first year and a very good second year, uh, and I just uh, I just kept shooting for the moon. I I, I became more competitive uh, as I as I achieved success, it was uh, I, I really didn't become satiated until well into my career. So, uh, and finally, when I got to that feeling, I thought, well, you know, it's time to time to give it up because you you can't go out there without that real fire in your belly. You can't go out there with that real sincere passion and be able to perform against the best in the world. So, um, I you know, it was it was a fun ride, Ed. It was something that uh, I can just look back and, and smile upon and and feel a, a tremendous sense of pride as well. You were truly blessed, and, and we enjoyed watching you. Chris, one final question I have to ask you. You talk about firing your belly and passion. In October of 2006, you established the North American Racing Academy in Lexington, Kentucky. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I've got eight uh, kids that graduated in the first year. Four of them are out there riding races right now, and um, we had second uh, in the second group of students, we had six kid, kids graduate. Uh, I've got one riding already, and he's won four races down in Tampa. He's getting ready to start his bug anytime soon. As soon as he wins that fifth race, his apprenticeship will start officially. And I've got 19 students this year, so we tripled our size uh, from last year to this year. Went from six, six students to 19. And uh, since January of 08 to now, We've received over 700 inquiries on our website, people asking for information or sending them an application, people interested in enrolling in the program. So 
it's catching on, and I'm really, really proud of the progress that we've made so far. Well, I'd like to wish you best of luck with your school, and I'd like to thank you. You are truly a gentleman, and it has been nothing but a pleasure to have you as our special guest on Winning Ponies, and thank you for taking your, your time away. And I'm glad that tonight there wasn't uh, American Idol or Dancing with the Stars on so we could have you. Well, I, I tell you what, I was not aware when we set this up a few days ago, <laughs> I was not aware that the president was going to be on TV on Tuesday night, which bumped American Idol back to last night and again tonight. It's on as we speak, and I'm a little perturbed. I apologize. I'll let you go. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Ed. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Bye. That's been Chris McCarron, true gentleman, rider. I could go on and on, but uh, we'll just sum it up with gentleman and teacher and just rider extraordinaire. And he was our special guest here on Winning Ponies. Well, it's time to head to another break. When we return, we're going to be talking with our good friend, Dangerous Dan, and his weekend plan. And, boy, do we love this guy. He can really pick him out. He says there is no love. Not this week. It's all Dangerous Dan. So stay tuned for more Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Duty, freedom, country, family. They're the values that make America strong and what our armed forces are fighting to defend. While many talk about these ideals without action, they are just empty words. If you think America's military families deserve more, log on to thanksusa.org. It's a great way to thank our troops and give military families the gift of education. Thanksusa.org. Scholarships for America's military families. You can make a difference. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the sport of kings, talking about kings. Chris McCarron, what a guest. Hall of Fame writer. I, I think I would, it would take me probably 15 minutes to run down his resume. What a nice guy. I actually had the pleasure of meeting him this past summer. He's a true gentleman. Really enjoyed uh, having him on, and Winning Ponies is honored to have him aboard. Actually, when we're talking about Winning Ponies, if you... Dial them up, 
and, and I mean on the Internet, that is. You dial them up at www.winningponies.com. Give out your testimonial. You can get yourself a free cap. Got a nice way to uh, let your voice be heard and to sport around a good-looking lid. And that's winningponies.com. All you have to do is give out your testimonial, and they will take care of you in fine fashion. Speaking about another king, we have our man Dangerous Dan online. Dangerous, are you there? I am here, Ed, and I have one of them caps. You have one of those caps. How, how does it look? It looks great. That's how you pay me. <laughs> I pay you. In, I, I like that. Yeah. Do I have enough caps to actually pay you? Uh, no. <laughs> At least we get to the, the truth of the matter. Compensation is what it's all about. Compensation, baby. I want to run down the, uh, the upcoming stakes for Saturday real quick. Florida Derby, grade one, and Gulfstream Park, $750,000. The Swale Stakes, a grade two, Gulfstream Park, 150000 The Appleton Handicap, grade three, Gulfstream, $100,000. Big day at Gulfstream Park. The Next Move Handicap, a grade three at Aqueduct, one hundred k on the line. The Tokyo City Cup Handicap, a grade three at Santa Anita, 100000 The Crescent City Oaks Fairground, 75000 And the Crescent City Derby Fairground, $75,000. Both a mile and a sixteenth, and that is just Saturday alone. And Sunday holds a bevy as well. Danny boy, we got ourselves a big weekend of racing. What do you think? Uh, it's it's going to be like this the rest of the week leading up to the Derby. Ed, great races. I think I, I think you're right. It's it's going to be uh, it's going to be it's going to be a little nip and tuck. You know, Dunkirk. Now, you know, I know that uh, you know we we spoke a little bit about who we actually liked. But Dunkirk is actually in a must-win situation for Saturday's Florida Derby. Unbeaten in two impressive starts on Saturday, he makes his first foray into stakes competition. He's the 9-5 to morning line choice in the grade one 750K Florida Derby at Gulfstream Park. Pletcher has him in the right place. A win would give him $450,000, which would be more than enough. But a second-place finish would be worth $150,000. It may leave Dunkirk on the bubble. I mean. It's kind of a hard, it's a rock and a hard place to actually uh, be on the must win, wouldn't you not agree? Yeah, and the thing is, uh, he he hasn't beat nobody yet, and and uh, you know to make him nine to five, uh, it's kind of shoddy in my opinion. Um, I think Quality Road. I mean, he's coming off a one thirteen buyer in the Fountain of Youth. Uh, I think he stands out, and if Dunkirk does beat him, then you know he'll. I'll say he's for real, but until. Until you can be the man, you got to beat the man. And Dunkirk, nobody yet. So you are from Missouri, and that is the show me state. So they're going to have to show you, correct? Yeah, I like I like Quality Road, and there goes JoJo. I mean, the the top two finishers to Fountain U. Now I'll use Dunkirk third, but you know he's going to have to beat me. And I think Quality Road stands out. I know uh, this is the first time Quality Road's been around two turns. Distance shouldn't be a factor. Uh, exclusive quality by Strawberry Road Mayor Kobla. And Strawberry Road, I think, won everywhere from six furlongs to a mile and a half, turf and dirt. Well, you're, ju- so, you're, ju- you're jumping ahead because we need everybody wants to follow along with Dangerous Dan because got a couple of emails that they won Dangerous Dan's pick in action, nice and slow, because people are writing them down. Dan, before I do that, I'm going to kind of dispel a little myth and a rumor here. Will 09 be another trend breaker? And on the clock tower at the Corral, it says time reveals all. Do you think this is going to be another trend breaker? Horses like Dunkirk, or do you think we're going to see the tried and the true, the once of seven and eight starts win? 
I think tried and true. Um, I mean, it wouldn't shock me to see a lightly raced horse. I mean, Curlin, remember Curlin? Uh, didn't I've heard of him. Two year old and and cost him the Derby. I think. In fact, it, uh, it it played a part in my in my heart. But uh, what's most closest to my heart is where you're going to take us this weekend for your selections. Okay, let's go. Let's go to the ninth at Gulfstream. Uh, a Grade Two Swale, seven furlongs, purse of one hundred fifty thousand dollars for three year olds. I love big drama in here. Uh, written by Abar Coa. Abar had two really nice wins today at Gulfstream that paid really nice prices. Yes, he did. He's one for one at the distance. Uh, the three-year-old by Mountbrook out of the Notebook Mare riveting drama. I think I think uh, he stands out. A horse I do like for second here is uh, Custom for Carlos. Um, recent maiden winner, sports a 95 buyer in that win, and is one for one at the distance. I think two-horse race here. I, I love big drama over Custom for Carlos. Ed. You know, I like big drama. Dan, uh, three-year-old colt by Mountbrook, uh, won the uh, Delta Jackpot, which is... Uh, <laughs> It's a million bucks down there at Delta Downs. Thank God for slots, baby. Thank God for slots because it's Delta Downs is not just another Cajun uh, bull ring. It is an oval to be respected, and there's many on the uh, many on the docket that, that are they're going down there and they're just knocking them cold. In the same race in the swale, we're going seven panels. I'm going to take Brave Victory, Julian Lepreau for Nick Zito, three or cold by Lionheart, one for one at Gulfstream. Coming off a little bit of layoff, January 30th. I mean, you don't think that's too long, do you? Uh, could be. Well, I mean, if it was a mile in the 16th, mile eighth, I'd say maybe. But sprint, only no. seven panels. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's too long for seven panels. Z- Zeta wins 23 percent down there. We know what Lay Peru's doing in the last 60 days. They've won 25 percent together, 58 percent in the money in the Champagne against Vineyard Haven. He actually got destroyed, ran seventh, bumped after the start, and then made a middle move in the Iroquois against Captain Candyman, Can, and ran fifth. But that was in the two-year-old year. Now as the three-year-old came back off the shelf from November to January 30th, scored in a very nice allowance victory. Is the grade too swale enough? I think we're just going to have to wait and see, but I'm going to box your runner and my runner, and I'm going to play your runner on top. And by the way, before we get too far, how did you do last week in a nutshell? You know how I did. Well, I want to know exactly how you did because you're saying there's no love, but you know what? I got I got words for you. Hot cha cha. (laughs) I knew you were waiting for hot cha cha. Impressive run she uh, she actually put together at a Turfway Park on Lane's End Day. It's become a ride of spring, and uh, it's it's a very important day. Actually, I made mention that the the Lane's End is not going to sponsor the Keeneland race. But the turfway race is still intact. That's a good thing, Ed. It is a good thing. Where do we go now for Danny Boy? Let's go to the tenth, the Florida Derby, where we touched on this for you people that are wanting to write this down. Quality I'm wanting to write road. it down, so don't make fun of me, buddy. <laughs> Quality road over. There goes JoJo and Dunkirk. You can box them, spread them out, uh, key them. It doesn't matter. I, I think them are the three that stand out in here, and I really like Quality Road. Quality Road is not nominated, and I think if he wins this, I think they'd be fools not not to do so. Well, it's seven hundred fifty thousand dollars up for grabs. They're going to go a mile and an eighth. I love Quality Road. I love Quality Road. Last time, our first time juice, which is Lasix, uh, three-year-old son of elusive quality, James Jerkins, 
has his Virginia bread nice and geared up and ready to go. Actually, was beaten by there goes JoJo two back as the uh, the uh, primitive favorite at Gulfstream Park on January tenth, but came back in the Fountain Youth and won handily. I think the Lasix actually kicked in two for two in the money at Gulfstream. I respect your top pick, Danny, and and Lucid Quality sports uh, sports a lot of speedsters out there. I think Quality Road is one to be reckoned with, but there's one Europe. They paid two point six million dollars. Todd Pletcher, Chris DiCarlo, and that's the rabbit for Michael Tabor. So, is this going to be a spoiler for Quality Road? I don't think Europe's going to get the lead. You think Europe's just going to be out there and just and just I, just take I, it away from Quality Road or not take I, it away? I look, I look at you know, I, I see they're saying he's going to be the rabbit. Okay, I'm, I see twenty two forty five on his chart, but he's six and a half back. I, I don't see him. He may get the lead. They might even let him have it. I'd let him have it. And and I don't. I ain't into all that rabbit stuff, you know. Uh, there's so many angles you look at. They enter two, you know, one scratches, the other one wins. I've heard that so many times. Look how often that happens. You hear these guys, and in, in especially now at the Kennel Club, talking about that. I don't think the rabbit's going to hurt Quality Road whatsoever. If you take a look at Europe, it was all slow. Like he was... Also, a three-year-old uh, Roan son of unbridled song, Todd Pletcher. Chris DiCarlo shipping in. 22 flat was actually seven and a half lengths off of the quarter, yeah. but they were going five panels that day, which, you know, you said that Europe may not have the lead, but, but he was all slowly. So if he comes out in good fashion, he may, he may vie for the lead. And Quality Road and James Jerkins is not afraid of this whatsoever. Danny, I'm going to go against everything, and I'm going to go with Dunkirk. They paid $3.7 million. Todd Pletcher once again brought in a rabbit. Michael Tabor, John Magnier, Mrs. John Magnier, I should say, two for two. I think we're, we're no longer do we need seven and eight runs at the, uh, at the payday. I think we can catch it three and four off the shelf. Two for two, both have, both have been impressive. It's all get out. Prado and Gomez both, uh, both have scored on this one. Actually, on March 21st at Paul Meadows, five furlongs, one minute flat, Danny. The first of 43 works, that's pretty impressive. That is, but that more works. Casey's on call, I think, so he can get the lead at. Well, you know what? I see, I see it. I'll tell you what. I see a salty quarter on the board. Okay, where do we go, Danny boy? Let's go to the 11th at Golf Street, Appleton, grade three. Um, I, I looked around here. This is a pretty, actually, it's a pretty, pretty competitive race. I love Arctic Cry here. It's a four-year-old gelding. Two for two on the Golf Stream turf. Lepero for Keneally, they are 29% for the meet. I think you could play play that one over Kiss the Kid, who just lost to Kip DeVille in his last start, and, and Emma's beat, beat him. So I, that that's my choice, Ed. I love Arctic City over Kiss the Kid. I love Arctic Cry. Uh, Julian Lepero and Eddie Keneally, uh, they're winning 39% the last 60 days, 61% in the money. Two for two, as you uh, you brought up at Gulfstream Park. Four-year-old Gilles, son of Rahi. Dan and seven and a half on the turf. I don't think it's going to be a bit of a problem for this gelding. Uh, actually, uh, coming from France, uh, four races back, they gave uh, gave him a little uh, work over the dirt, and then a mile and an eighth on the turf, a big time score, and then a mile and a sixteenth. And Julian Le Peru three wide and prevailed that day. I, I agree with you. Arctic Cry looks much the best. I mean, but do you think we'll get any price on him whatsoever? Uh, I will probably get. I'm, I'm hoping for two to one. I mean, the last race he was six to one. That was an allowance race. I agree, and uh, you know, I was I was looking at the race, and and I came back and I said, you know what, maybe maybe five to two might be a gift. 
Are there any other Dan the Man specialties out there? Let's go. Uh, there's a couple horses I like on the Dubai World Cup card. Lay it on. Uh, I like Nick Nicanero. Uh, I saw the horses last race. Uh, I was actually in Atlanta watching Australia racing on my computer. Saw uh, that prep for that. I think he, she's in the Sheehan or he's in the Sheehan. Um, I, I like the way that horse won the, the prep. And, and in the Dubai World Cup, I think you take a shot with the arson, arson squad. I remember he, his, his race at Gulfstream. It may have been the Don. I can't remember. But it, it, it had the looks of a prep for me. I think he was the favorite, and now he's going over to Dubai, and Prado is going over to ride him. So I think Arsenal squad uh, rates an upset chance in the Dubai World Cup. At. And, you know, you made mention about the Shaheen. Actually, there's a local, uh, local connections. Ralph Ulbrecht uh, went over there. Who did he win with? I don't even know. Oh, Danny, a sprinter from uh, oh. he ran in Florida. Who was it? Oh, when the brass, brass hat? Uh, no, 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 that was Buff Bradley. You know what? I'm going to let you beers, stew Ed. on that one. Right. I'm going to let you stew on that one. As you as you alluded to one that you liked, I'm going to break away with one I like is the Tokyo City Cup handicap out of Santa Anita, and that is on Saturday. It's a mile and a half on the turf. I love Big Booster, a closer for Mike Mitchell. I love the way this guy trains. He has three runners in this race, Danny, and you talked about having a couple in there. But actually, the last race without was the Breeders' Cup Marathon, $500,000 going a mile and a half. Distance should not be a problem. Three starts with three in the money distances. Rafael Bejarano on the rail. It's a, it's a great three race. I think the big booster can pick him up and lay him down. And with Rafael on the rail, I think it's lights out, Danny boy. Do you know who uh, won the uh, Breeders' Cup Marathon? Is? Who did, uh, let's see, the Breeders' Cup Marathon, uh, was it uh, Muhannik? Yep, and he's running on the Dubai card. So, uh, Ooh, we like that. It. All right, Danny boy, time flies as we're talking thoroughbred racing and winning ponies. would like to thank Mr. Chris McCarron as our special guest this week, Dangerous Dan and his weekend plan, as always, and you for tuning in each and every week, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Be sure to tune in each and every Thursday. And until next week, may all your winners be many and your photos be few. Good night and good luck, everyone. listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.